Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Mike Patra. It's a wonderful Wednesday, March 9th. We have 12 games to talk about. Buckle up. This is going to be a show. I mean, I'm riding solo for this one, so it's got to be a show. It's got to be a show if I'm going to be here talking about 12 games all by my lonesome. But we got a lot of teams on the on the back end of back of backs. We got some some good action to talk about. We got people out. We got people in. We got people that we're hoping to be in and watching because they're in great matchups. But nonetheless, we got a lot a lot to talk about. So before I jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, guys. Check out Thrive Fantasy. You heard me talk about them probably plenty of times. If you haven't checked them out. I mean, I'm not even going to say anything negative. You're just you're just missing the boat. You're missing out. It's a, it's a fun website. It's a great time. Uh, it's a great place to win some free money. So go head over there. And when you sign up, use the promo code ETHOS. It is E-T-H-O-S. And you get a 100%. And the keyword here is instant. Instant first deposit match. When you sign up and use that promo code ETHOS on up to $100. Now, if you're wondering how do you do it, what is it? It is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app. For player props. Now, you don't just get to choose anybody. It's not as easy as say, you know, you know, this guy's out. Let's play his backup. No, backups aren't on there. Why? Because it only contains the top tier athletes. So you choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under. Based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of a prize pool. You can find it in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use that promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up for that instant first deposit match on up to $100. So get that free money. Get it. Enjoy it. Play with it. Win some more. Build the bankroll. And then maybe you got a little free coin to spend over here on DK while we're playing this. That's what we're talking about tonight, guys. We're talking about the Boston Celtics traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets. The Hornets are on the second half of a back-to-back, so... We got to keep an eye on some of this stuff, kind of see what's going on over here. We're not going to have an injury report for the Hornets in this one, but as we know, Gordon Hayward looks like he will remain out. Jalen McDaniels returned tonight. We've got to see if he plays on the second half of back-to-back before the Celtics. Aaron Naismith, only one worth noting that is out. Game's coming in with a 226.5 game total. Celtics favored by 6.5 points at the moment, so we will start there with the Celtics. Jason Tatum just coming off of a player of the month award. Dude's been absolutely tearing it up over the past three games. Has yet to score anything less than 52 DK points. But listen, it's a 12-game card. I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to play Tatum, but we have a lot of guys to spend up on. Tatum all the way up to 10-4 now. It's getting close. It's getting close to those other guys that we usually like to play that have that, you know, 60-point ceiling with the, I'd say, 45- to 50-point floor. This floor, we've we've seen it plenty of times this season where he's fallen in that 37-40 to 40 range and, it ain't going to get it done. It ain't going to get it done at 10-4. And his ceiling, we just probably saw in that last one, I mean, he's hit 60 several times this season. We've seen one monster game, uh, that one against Washington, where he put up 51 actual points and he scored 80. Uh, but that's a one-off. I'm, I'm not going to count that as a ceiling. I think his real ceiling that we're looking at here is probably about 63 to 64. And I just don't want to play that on this slate, knowing that there's several other guys that have that almost as a floor, like Jokic, who we'll get to in a little while. But Jalen Brown I do want to talk about, because that AK, that is just – too cheap for a guy that in this matchup could easily put up 40. I mean, they played three times a season already. He's already averaging 42 points in this matchup. So I am all for getting me some shares of Jalen Brown. 
Uh, other options we could look at on this team, Robert Williams, he's a little high now at 7-1, but uh, he's always been routinely smashing in this matchup, averaging about 39 DK points in two matchups against him this season. Has yet to score anything really less than 35 over the past four games. He's in play, not the smash play. I think the main guy I'm focused on. And listen, you're not going to hear me name every guy from every team because bottom line, it is a 12-game slate. There's 24 teams playing. We can't like everybody. So I'm probably just going to end up playing Jalen Brown. It's the only guy on the Boston Celtics side of the ball. It's a fantastic matchup anytime you're going to get Charlotte. Uh, on the other side of the ball, LaBella Ball. Some guy, uh, I had decent shares of him tonight. He's averaging 52 DK points. Anytime he's under 10K, we have interest. But routinely over the past few weeks, he's been under 9K. So absolutely, I will be playing some LaMelo ball. And then I had more Terry Rozier on tonight's slate. It is a revenge narrative going against the Boston Celtics. He's crushed them in two games this season. Two or two and a 46 DK points average. Both those guys absolutely in play. And then I want to keep an eye on P.J. Washington, who started tonight. Uh, he played 37 minutes against San Antonio in the game prior, where he put up 30 DK points. If he draws another start, he's in play. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna rule out Ubre. I'm gonna rule out Bridges. I'm gonna rule out Harrell. I'll keep Washington, Rozier, and Lamelo. All three of those guys in my lineup, or in my not my lineup. I'm sorry, excuse me, in my player pool. On to the next game: Chicago Bulls traveling to Detroit, taking on the Pistons. Lonzo Ball, Caruso, Patrick Williams all ruled out. Vooch missed that last game. He is questionable. Got to keep an eye on that. I assume he's going to play. Maybe I'm wrong to assume. Uh, but it sounded like he was pretty damn close to playing in that last one. But they uh, held him out kind of precaution's sake. And then Killian Hayes is questionable. Frank Jackson ruled out. Isaiah Stewart has been ruled out as well, along with a couple other guys. So uh, most of them G League guys. So we don't really need to focus too much on that. But no game total for this one. But we know that the Bulls are favored by six and a half points. So it's close enough to get some shares in some of these games, some of these players. If Vooch is ruled out, we can go back to the well with uh, DeRozan and Levine. I'd have no issues there just because obviously increased usage. Not as good of a matchup, though, uh, as it was going against Atlanta for the backcourt guys. So 8,600 probably won't be playing to too much with Levine. I think there's better options on the slate. And same thing with DeMar DeRozan at close to 10K. I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go there. Dude's been incredibly consistent all season long. So he does make sense. Um, if Vooch sits as well, we can go back to the well with Tristan Thompson. No issues there. Only put up 23.75 DK points. Feels like this is a slightly better matchup. He was also going against Joel Embiid. He found himself getting five fouls pretty damn quick. Still managed to get 29 minutes, though. So uh, I don't mind looking at Tristan Thompson if Vooch is out. I think that he would be a rock-solid value play, especially because he has that power forward eligibility. On the other side of the ball, I think he's going to be fairly chalky, but Marvin Bagley at 5K, certainly in play. Uh, no Isaiah Stewart, I don't expect them to just throw all the minutes at Kelly Olenek. Uh, he came out, played 36 minutes after Stewart got hurt, put up a double-double, 40 DK points, 5K. He's chalk, but we're going we're gonna to be playing him. We're going we're gonna to eat that chalk at 5K. I feel pretty confident in him getting at least 24 to 25 DK points. So sign me up there. Kelly Olenek got bumped up to 4,500. I think he'd make a fantastic pivot if he wasn't only $500 less than Bagley. But for those reasons, he makes a great GPP play just because if he's only 500 less, not too many people are going to look at him and say, like, you know, I'm getting a big salary savings where I, I need to go that way. I expect him to not have very much of any ownership, probably around like 5 to 8% in GPPs. And for that reason, I think uh, Olenek's a rock-solid play. Those are the, probably the two main guys I'm looking at. Again, not going to go crazy with each team unless I really love the matchup. Uh, I'm going to go to where um, I'm getting drawn to, and those are the two guys that I'm drawn to. Third game of the night, Phoenix Suns traveling to Miami. Take it on the heat for the wonderful injury report. Let's check this out here. We got Kyle Guy, Markeith Morris, both ruled out. Caleb Martin is questionable. 
Suns on the second half of the back-to-back, so no injury report for them. But it sounds like Booker's edging closer and closer to playing. He could be back in this one. Sounds like he was doing well. I think he's uh, very close to getting out of the health and safety protocols. He was ruled out Tuesday's game, but keep an eye on that because if he's out, we can go back to the well and play a guy like Shamit at 4,400, decent value play. Uh, campaign now all the way up to 6,500. We got our last salary savings night from him on tonight's day. I think he was like 53, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I played loads of both of them, mix and match, played both of them again in, uh, in one or two lineups as well. I don't mind looking at campaign, but 6,500, it's teetering on the line because Miami's not the type of matchup that we generally love to target. Uh, it's not the best of all, but, you know, favored by eight and a half points. We don't have a spread for this or a game total yet for this one. But I imagine I imagine it's not the highest of game totals. Miami tends to uh, tends to lower those for some teams with their great defense. So uh, if anything, I think it's going to be like a Jay Crowder scenario, a little revenge going against his former team. Fifty six hundred increased usage. Minutes should be consistent there. Uh, not going to target DeAndre eight and go against Bam. So don't mind Shamit if we see that Booker's out. I don't mind Jay Crowder. Uh, but Bridges, Payne, both these guys are starting to get priced appropriately. I think that there's still plenty of room for upside in that price tag with campaign. It's just not going to be the lock and load play like he's been. On the Miami side of the ball, not playing Victor Oladipo yet, not at that price tag, not until the minutes are consistent and up, only played 14 minutes. I don't imagine that you know, even when he is fully healthy, he's playing much more than 24. Just plenty of guards, plenty of wings that they can go with. Um, but I do like Jimmy Butler, 8,600. I do think this is a type of Jimmy game and a Jimmy matchup. I think that the price tag needs to come down ever so slightly. If it was like 83, 84, I'd feel a lot better about it because it's not like he's getting that same facilitation role with Kyle Lowry back as well. But still, I do like this matchup for Jimmy, uh, despite the great perimeter defense that we've seen from Mikhail Bridges, from Jay Crowder, from Cam Johnson, from some of these other guys. I do think that he is certainly in play. Uh, probably the only guy I'm really looking at or crazy interested in on this side of the ball, and I'm not even crazy interested in him. I just think he's in play. And I didn't mention Cam Johnson, and that's on me. Uh, but Cam Johnson, he was ruled out on this one. Um, decent chance that he's not going to play tomorrow night. And that's, again, part of the reason that we've seen the increased minutes from guys like Shamant and guys like Crowder. But on to the next game. Los Angeles Lakers traveling to Houston, taking on the Rockets. It is Looking like this is a good spot for the Lakers. LeBron, we know, sat on that last one. He is questionable. Anthony Davis still rolled out. Taylor Horton Tucker's probable. Malik Monk's probable. Kendrick Nunn rolled out for the Rockets. Garrison Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, all questionable. This could just be the garbage game that we're looking for to get some value, and it's, it's a good team to do it against. Uh, we know the Lakers' defense has been pretty poor. We know the Rockets' defense is always terrible, and they play at that upwards pace that – Usually provides a fair amount of fantasy value. One of the best teams to target for DFS. So it's just, we'll make it nice and simple here. Uh, if LeBron sits, we're looking at pretty much everybody. Uh, I played some Russell Westbrook in that last one. It was pretty chalky at, at AK. Didn't didn't do what I needed him to do, but I will target him. No issues in this matchup. Going back to the well at 8,500 if LeBron sits. Uh, if LeBron sits, we could also go back to the well with guys like Taylor Horton Tucker. I think that's a fair price tag at 4,500, dual eligibility. No problem looking there. Malik Monk is another guy. 22 shot attempts in that last one. Couldn't hit water out of a boat from deep, one of seven from three. But everything else is where we wanted to see it. Decent ancillary stats with four rebounds, four assists. We'll go back to the well with there if LeBron sits. And I think he's certainly even in play if LeBron plays, regardless. Um, and then I don't mind taking shots at guys like Carmelo Anthony. Played 30 minutes, did okay. I prefer those other two over him, though. Based on the salary savings, and then Monk's usage will certainly be higher. 
And I, I don't think on 12 games slate we necessarily need to go to Austin Reeves, especially if we get some of that value that opens up on the other side of the ball. But he's in play. And then Stanley Johnson would be a min-style play at 3,300 that I would definitely have some interest in. So, again, LeBron's out. We're looking at Monk. We're looking at Horton Tucker. We're looking at Stanley Johnson. And we're looking at Westbrook. If LeBron plays, we, we could play LeBron. There's no issues there. 11-6. A lot of studs to spend up on this slate. I mean, I'm, we're talking three guys that are over 12K. We're talking another two guys that are in the 11K mark. And then I think all together, when we're looking at the guys that are over you know, that 10K mark, we got about 12 or 11 of them. But LeBron, just knowing that this matchup is absolutely fantastic, maybe some people get scared off that he missed the last game. But it is straight up win now LeBron mode. Uh, I expect him to score you know, 35 to 40 <laughs> almost on a night-to-night basis when he's playing knowing that they need him to do this. Uh, there's not many guys for him to He's not even worried about his assist anymore. But this is a great matchup for him. So, absolutely, he'd be in play for me. Not my favorite stud, but still in play. Actually, he might be. We'll get to that, though. On the Houston side of the ball, there's just too much to keep an eye on right now to, to give you guys a firm take. But if Christian Wood sits and Sangoon draws another start at 5,100, absolutely interested in him. There's no doubt about it. If Jay Sean Tate sits and Christian Wood sits, or just one or the other, K.J. Martin, absolutely in play at 4K. Played 33 minutes in that last one, put up 28 DK points. Those would probably be the first two guys I'm looking at. If we see Christian Wood sits, or nonetheless, I think Kevin Porter Jr. at 6,300 is probably in play regardless. He's averaging 38 DK points against this team in three games a season. But if any of those guys sits, he becomes a much better play. No doubt about it. He's in play. And then Jalen Green just continues to be on a tear. There's no doubt about it. Uh, put up another 20, D, uh, 20 actual points in that last one. Only equal, uh, equal 27.75 DK points. But shot 50% from the field. He just didn't manage to get any ancillary stats. So I, I know I said I wasn't going to mention everybody from every team. But this is just one of those matchups where depending on what studs are out and who's in and who's out and all that good stuff, we're going to have a lot of interest everywhere. Uh, it's just that simple. Fourth game or fifth game. Fifth game? Fourth game? Fifth game of the night. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is on the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report for them. Uh, Kevin Herter is probable. Shreve Cooper in the G League for the Hawks. And then we're looking at a 236.5 game total and a 5.5-point spread. Bucks are favored. Absolutely some spots we can go to in this one. Looking at Trey Young, 10-3. Another one of those guys I just mentioned. We have about 12 of them being over the 10K price tag, but I normally don't like to target Drew Holiday, but this is going to be a competitive game, and Trey Young is going to have to perform for it to stay competitive. It's just that simple. I don't see the load, I don't see the load being carried by a guy like Herter or Bogdanovich or John Collins. Trey Young is going to have to come out here and give us at least 30 actual points in order to keep this game intact. And frankly, in two games this season, he's averaging 36 against them. 10 assists, six boards. 263 and a half DK points. Absolutely interested in Trey Young. I just said it myself. I'm not going to be going crazy with this team. I think if I go anywhere, it's going to be the spend ups. I uh, don't think I need to really go to John Collins, although that price tag is, is enticing. At 6K, he played 32 minutes in that last one. So don't mind looking at John Collins if you can't get to Trey Young and you want to get some exposure just because he's too cheap. Uh, I'm not playing Bogdanovich, not playing Capella, not playing Hunter, not playing Gallo. It's just that simple. It's Trey, it's Collins, that's it. For the Bucks, Giannis coming in at 12K, one of those three studs that we talked about that's over that 12K mark, not my favorite. I prefer LeBron actually over him. I prefer Jokic over him. So I won't be playing Giannis, if anything. It would be some of these, you know, second or third fiddle guys. Drew Holiday, 7'9", at point guard, going against the Hawks. Sign me up. You know I'm always good for that. 
And then I don't mind looking at Chris Middleton as well. Anytime I'm not looking at Giannis in a competitive game, you get to have interest in both those guys. And I'm not going to go crazy. I think I'll leave it there and call that a day. Uh, with just those two guys, you want to take a look at Bobby Portis? Sure, why not? But at that point, there's better centers on the slate that we could target. Sixth game of the night, OKC Thunder traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Timberwolves. For the Wolves, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, Torrey Prince, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, all questionable. Jalen Noel is probable. So update, Anthony Edwards seems like beat reporters think he is more likely to play than not. Keep your eye on this one. Uh, We just do not know. And then for the Thunder, no injury report yet submitted. They're on the second half of the back-to-back. They play the Bucs tonight. No game total, but it looks like Minnesota will be favored by 13 and a half points. And we'll probably get a full complement of starters minutes. I think they were only down about nine points uh, against the Bucks going into the half. So Shea comes in at 10-2. Shea's been an absolute terror ever since he came back from his injury, but I'll probably take a pass on Shea at that price tag. I think I prefer Trey Young over him for a very similar price tag. And news came out that Dort, uh, Dort tied Jerome. Both of them were ruled out for the season. I think along with Mike Muscala, they all underwent surgery. Derek Favors missed tonight's game, so keep an eye on some of these guys. I mean, maybe this is a Pakoveski spot if we see the whole front court's ruled out. If he plays another 34 minutes at 5,800, I don't mind looking there. But all in all, I'm not too interested in pretty much anybody over here. Uh, I think I'm all set. And then for Minnesota, if Edwards comes back, that puts a little bit of a damper on guys like Beasley. Uh, obviously, Beasley's been one of everybody's favorite you know, value plays while he's just been crushing the usage off the bench. I don't think I'll be targeting him. Uh, I don't mind looking at Towns, but 10-8, better 10K spend-ups, I think, already. But I wouldn't fall if you wanted to go that way. And then keep an eye on Russell and Beverly. If both those guys are ruled out, McLaughlin will probably draw the start at 3,800, in which case we have a lot of inter- uh, interest in him. So it's really just going to come down to the injuries. I think McDaniels, if Edwards is out or Vanderbilt's out, either one of those guys are ruled out, we can go to that well. Not a bad price tag, but 4,900. There's a little meat left on the bone, but not a ton of value. It's just really hard to give a take because if Edwards is out, we can go back to Beasley. Like I said, it's just we don't know the news. we got to keep an eye on it and monitor it. But those are my takes on those guys, regardless of who's in, who's out. Try to cover all the scenarios and basis. Basis? 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 I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. All right. We're on the second half of the slate now. Trying to cruise through this just because it's 12 games. It's 12 games. Got to limit that player pool. And, uh, you know, one guy on a solo show can make 12 games seem seem pretty boring. I don't want you guys tuning out. Uh, Orlando, Magic, traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans. Magic on the second half of a back-to-back. So, as we know, we're not going to have that injury report available. So are the Pelicans. So neither team's injury report is available. But let's see if we have a game total or a spread or anything like that that we can go off of at the moment. And it looks like we do not. We don't have either. We don't have a game total. We don't have a spread. So keep your eye out for that one. I imagine that this game is going to be favored for the Pelicans, but shouldn't be more than six and a half to seven points max. I think it'd even be less than that. We'll start off here with Orlando. If we happen to see that there's uh, Jalen Suggs is ruled out again, I don't mind going back to the ball with RJ Hampton at 3,600. He drew the start tonight. Absolutely of interest there. And then Wendell Carter Jr. at 75. He was putting on a show tonight. He's always a guy that I feel more consistent, more comfortable with over, you know, Mo Bamba. Oh, obviously, there's a 2K price difference, so you're paying for that. But I, I think those are the two guys I'd probably keep in my player pool the most. Uh, Franz at 3900 It's a decent price tag, but I think that's pretty much what we're paying for. You're going to need a 
a little bit more of a ceiling game out of him in this one in order for that to pay it off. But he routinely remains consistent. Maybe for your cash games, you could look that way. But I think there's even better cash game plays on this slate. And for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram was ruled out of tonight's game as a recording this the night before. So, obviously, with him out, it, it just a trickle-down and usage effect. We see C.J. McCollum take more shots. Uh, we'll see Herb Jones take more shots. We'll see Jackson Hayes probably play a few more minutes. So, there's a, there's a couple different things that end up happening with that. Those are the three guys I'd probably end up keeping my player pool. Uh, Joe Val coming in at 7,400 has my, has my interest peaked um, a little bit. A guy that can consistently get you 40 when he's given the allotment of minutes. Good for double-double pretty much in the majority of his games this season. So, Overall, favorite plays, I think McCollum, I'll pass on. I'll look at Jonas. I'll look at Jackson. And I think Herb's okay if you land on him, but not a guy I'm overly excited about. feel a little bit better about all those guys if we see Brandon uh, Brandon Williams. Excuse me, getting ahead of myself there. Uh, Brandon Ingram is ruled out. Take a quick sip of the water. All right. New York Knicks traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks here. For the Mavs, Jalen Brunson is questionable. Beat, report, beat reporters are saying that it looking more likely they could play in this one. Marquise Chris has been ruled out, as well as Tim Hardaway Jr., Frank Nittikalina, Theo Pinson. And then for the Knicks, Quentin Grimes, Nerlens Noel, Cam Reddish, Derek Rose, Obi Toppin, Kemba Walker, all ruled out. Mitchell Robinson is questionable. No game total. Mavs, Mavs favored by 7.5 points here. We'll start off here with the Knicks. Julius Randle coming in at 10-1, another one of the guys that are over that 10K mark that we've talked about. If everybody in this front court is going to remain out, he's in play. Will I land on him? Probably not. I don't expect him to get 46 actual points again. Um, I think, if anything, you can go back to the well with a guy like Todd Gibson, power forward eligibility, only 3,400. But we want to see Mitch Rob out in order for that to happen because then he'd pretty much be locked into at least 25 to 30 center minutes. And at 3,400, that's a good price for him. Uh, not going to you know, light the world on fire, but he'll be good for at least 25 DK points is what I imagine if he gets that kind of workload again. And that's probably it. I'm not crazy interested in going against the Mavs with this team. Um, I think these guys are okay plays. Like, if you want to target AJ Barrett at 8,200, sure, why not? But we're paying for that. I don't think there's really a discount. I think that he needs to get you 40 at that price. And, you know, more often than not, me personally, I'm betting against RJ Barrett getting 40, but I'm also just a non-believer in his DFS game. And he's not a guy that I play very often, like, or at all. Uh, we could just say that. On the map side of the ball, Luca, 12-3. No, thank you. Uh, I think that there's other guys I'd rather spend up on, a.k.a. LeBron, a.k.a. Jokic. Uh, so I'm good there. Brunson sits. Spencer Dinwiddie coming in at 6,500. Obviously, increased usage. He'll draw the start. He'll play decent minutes. No real no real salary saver in there. And then Maxi Kleber looks like he will be back in this one. So I don't think I'm playing any maps, man. I just, you know, my guys, I'm just not interested in them in this slate. We'll keep it moving. I'm cruising right now. This might be the one of the fastest podcasts that I've done, and it has like three or four more extra games on it. So there, take that for what it's worth. Toronto Raptors traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs here. Kada Bates Diop is doubtful. Then we have Romeo Langford ruled out, and then we're looking at Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker. Both those guys should be making a return. They're probable. And the Raptors, OG Malachi, both ruled out. Fred Van Vliet, questionable. But from what I saw and read, it seems like he's more likely to play than not. No game total right now, but we do have the Raptors favored by one and a half points in this one. So we will start off here with them. If Van Vliet plays, it's going to put a little damper on some of the value that we could have taken advantage of. Uh, Scotty Barnes is basically playing point guard when he sits at 7,700. If he's playing his normal position, I'll probably take a pass on that price tag. 
the rebounds and everything has been up, but obviously usage and everything else goes down once we see Van Vliet plays. Facilitation goes down a little bit. Same thing with Gary Trent Jr. I'm not paying 6900 for him if Van Vliet plays. Now, if he sits, I think both those guys are in play, but the main interest I'd have would be Chris Boucher. Uh, he starts plays 36 minutes last time that we saw that they pretty much had no backcourt and they had to play Scotty at pretty much solely point guard. Uh, and then they slide down Siakam. Siakam plays a lot less center minutes when that happens, which also pretty much takes him out of play. When I want Siakam, I want him playing the majority of the center minutes, uh, which he has not done in the games that they have had a backup point guard. So uh, just keep your eye on the news. Van Fleet is going to have a major impact on this slate and on this game because it's going to open up a lot. Now, if he plays at 8,200, I mean, if, if we get to go ahead, like there's no limitations, there's nothing to worry about. 8,200 is an absolutely fantastic play. Uh, in fact, he might be one of my favorite point guards if there's no restrictions at 8,200. I think that's an absolutely smash play at that price tag. Uh, dude dropped, I think, about 50 to 53 DK points on them earlier in the year. So I'd, I'd be signing up for that all day long. DeJounte Murray on the other side of the ball coming in at 11-3. DeJounte is in a good spot here. I do like this matchup for him. He has yet to play against the Raptors yet this season. 11-3 is a little expensive. I think I still prefer LeBron, but I think LeBron would draw higher ownership against the Rockets, so he would be my pivot off of LeBron. Uh, other options on this team, I'm probably not going to be going to any of them. Um, Pearl going against, ooh, excuse me, Pearl going against his former team. Smashed them earlier in the season with a big game, put up a nice little 19 and 12 against them. But that's that's a pretty high price tag to be paying for Jakob Pertl, so I'll probably take a pass there. And I'm not going to go with any of the wing guys. I, I've learned not to try to target Toronto's wings. Even without OG, they are still pretty good on defense. Only three games left. Denver Nuggets traveling to Sacramento. Take on them, Kings. Will Barton is questionable. Bones Highland is questionable. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, both those guys remain out. And then for the Kings, Terrence Davis, Rashawn Holmes, both ruled out. Jeremy Lamb, Maurice Harkless are both questionable. So we've got to keep an eye on those guys. Uh, and then no game total right now, no spread, so nothing to really go off of as far as that's concerned. But I will start here with Denver. Jokic is all the way up at 12-6. I wish he was like right around that 12-1, 12-2, because he'd be an absolute home run play. He's averaging 60 DK points against this team. We know the like the floor we're getting. The past two games have been absolutely insane. He put up 95 against the Pelicans. Put up 75 against the Warriors. Yeah, if you're spending over 12K, he, he just makes the most sense in this matchup. I'm good with that. No doubt about it. Uh, outside of him, though, probably not going to go into too much more unless we see Barton's out, in which case I think we can go to Monte Morris. Uh, he makes a solid play at 100. On the Kings side of the ball, I usually target anytime. I, I love this matchup, and I've done it several times where I've ran Sabonis back against my man Nikola Jokic, but He's been on a little bit of a downward slope. Uh, he got ejected yesterday. So I'm not really going to be targeting too much. You know, I'm not paying too much of the ejection. It was pretty late in the game. But 9400 is a fair price tag. So I'm not going to take him out of my player pool. But I just haven't seen enough from him lately where I feel extremely confident running him back against this matchup. It's just that simple. He's averaging 53 DK points against him. That's enough to pay off that 9-4 salary and feel pretty confident on it. But with so many guys on the slate, I don't need to find. I don't know if I need to put all my eggs in that one basket. And if we see Lamb rolled out, and then we we'll also see Maurice Harkless rolled out, I think we can go back to the well with Dante DiVincenzo, whose minutes have been up over the past three games. He's played at least twenty-seven minutes in all those. Solid play at forty-seven hundred. It's probably it for me. Not paying the ninety-three for Fox. Not paying sixty-one for Barnes. I think I'm all set there. 
And then even Trey Lyles, you know, it was nice. It was nice while it lasted, I guess, with Trey Lyles. We're not we're not going to that well though. Maybe I'll take one off the chin if Trey, Trey Lyles beats me. All right. Two games left. Portland Trailblazers traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz here. Eric Bledsoe, Joe Ingles, Damian Lillard, Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, Didi Luizada, Justice Winslow, all rolled out. Anthony Simons questionable dealing with that knee. Uh, he's actually got one of the same things that uh, same injuries that I'm um, sorry, Anthony Edwards has, which is that tendinopathy, which I believe is uh, degeneration of like the knee cartilage. Uh, I think that, maybe I'm wrong. If you're a doctor, if you know what I'm, if you know what you're talking about, maybe tweet at me, enlighten me, educate me. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And then for the Jazz, no injury report available for them at the moment. So got to keep an eye on the Jazz. Not expect this to be an ultimately competitive game regardless. But I do think that there's still going to be some value available. Uh, obviously, if we see that there is no Anthony Simons, everyone's favorite value play, and Brandon Williams comes right back into play, uh, coming off of a 49 DK point game. Dude's just pretty much absorbed all the usage that we saw Simons having. And the one thing I want to caution is that I don't think he's going to get to the free throw line 16 times. We'll just go ahead and say that. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that, you know, the steals will be real. Uh, not necessarily four, but I think he's going to be good for two if he gets that kind of workload again. Decent assists, decent rebounds, and about 15 to maybe even 20 points if we're lucky. So at 5,500, that certainly puts him into play. In fact, I would like him more than a guy like Campaign, even in this matchup. They just don't have many options left where I think that – You'd pretty much have to play most of that point guard minutes. And if you're looking for the pivot off of him, it's going to be Keon Johnson. 4K, won't draw much ownership. Couldn't hit water out of the boat in the last one, shot 3 out of 14. But he still played 26 minutes, and he's pretty much the only one of the only backup guards that they'll have available uh, if Simon sits. Those would be my two favorite plays. Uh, I don't think I'll be going to too, too much elsewhere. I think Watford at 57 is an okay play, but that price tag... I'll take my chances that he puts up 40 and, and beats me with that. If that's if it happens, it happens. No doubt about it. I'll eat it off the chin. Keep it in the backcourt with Keon and with my man, Brandon Williams. On to the Jazz. I don't trust his matchup. That's simple. I don't I don't expect them to keep it too close. We'll see maybe a full complement of minutes for guys like Mitchell. Um, also, you know, same thing with Rudy, same thing with Conley. I don't trust it. So I don't think I'll be playing any Jazz in, like, single entries or cash games or anything like that. If you want to get frisky in a tournament, I think both those guys are absolutely in play because it's a smash spot. Like, Gobert at 7,800, stupid cheap. Stupid cheap, especially going against a guy like Drew Eubanks. He should absolutely feast in this one. He's averaging 48 DK points in this matchup this season. And I believe one, if not both those games, are against Joseph Nurkic, where it's a little bit of a tougher matchup, I, I suspect, than Drew Eubanks. Uh, I prefer him over Donovan Mitchell, but I think both those guys are an absolutely smash spot. It's just do they get the full complement of minutes? If you're playing GPPs, it's worth a shot because I think a lot of people think that way and probably avoid them. Cross that game off entirely outside of that Portland side of the ball where they know they can get some value. Final game of the night, Washington Wizards traveling to L.A., taking on the Clippers. Clippers, no injury report for them. Second half of back-to-back for the Wizards. Bradley Beal, he has been rolled out, as we know. It's left, uh, left wrist surgery. 219-and-a-half game total. Clippers favored by four and a half points here. We'll start off here with Washington. Porzingis, 7,600. The main guy I want to talk about. Only played 21 minutes in that last one, but the usage was sky high for him. Uh, got to the free throw line 10 times. Was not, did not, he looked good, bottom line. And we got to see that there's at least 30 minutes getting played, I think, at 7,600 to feel completely confident in him. It's that simple. If, if the minutes aren't up there, I'm not going to feel as confident. Uh, it's a fine matchup. I'm not worried about the matchup necessarily. But as we saw, that kind of ate into Kuzma's workload a little bit. 
But Kuzma's been doing a little bit of everything. Facilitating, always good for, usually he's good for more than five boards like he has in the past two games against the Pacers and against the Hawks. Granted, those were fantastic matchups. I think the past three matchups were pretty much cakewalks, and that's for a Wizards team. Um, they only lost one out of the past three games, and we're talking about the Washington Wizards, so they had to be easy matchups. Uh, but he's put up at least 40 DK points in pretty much the last five games, two in which he said 60. At 9,100, I'll probably take a pass. I, don't, I wouldn't fault you if you want to go that way. I have not been on the Kuzma train nearly as much as I should have been or, or wish I had been all season long, but it just feels wrong hopping on it at certain times of the season. So uh, I think I will take a pass there. Uh, and then we got to keep an eye on Raul Neto. That's the big name, big news to talk about in this one. He departed from that game on the 6th, did not return because of the ankle injury. He is questionable. He took part in Tuesday's practice. Uh, didn't say if it was a full practice or what it was, but um, – I assume he's going to play, but obviously if, if he sets, I think that would open up the door for Ishmith, maybe even a little Sadoransky. But if all three of those guards are healthy, we're not going to anyone. It's that simple. Not really crazy interested in much of the Washington guys at all, which sucks because usually you want to get some shares of the late-game hammer just to feel a little bit better about your lineups. want to see him go up. We don't want to see him go down. Uh, for the other side of the ball, looking at the Clippers, Covington's going to be ruled out of this one, dealing with personal reasons. He's not going to be with the team uh, for this game, which – it's just going to open up a couple extra minutes. Uh, guys like Batum will probably play a little bit more at 4,600. Sure, why not? Don't mind it. I think there's better plays I mentioned already in that like that 4,600 range. So I think I'll take a pass there. Uh, I think Reggie Jackson at 8-8 is just a little too expensive despite how well he's been playing of recent. Uh, it's basically just been usage that's not even playing well. He's not even shooting well. It's just when the guy's taking 30 shots like he did against the Lakers, yeah, you're, you're bound to get 40 to 50 DK points. That's going to happen. My only real interest here would probably be at Marquise, Marcus Morris, not Marquise, I'm sorry, and then Terrence Mann. I think uh, those would probably be my main guys. But like I said, if we do see Covington's ruled out, maybe you're doing late games, I think Coffee and Batum, both of those guys get a little bit of a boost uh, for sure. And that is the whole slate. That's what I did. 35 minutes. That might be a new record. Might be a new record for a 12-game slate. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. Uh, bring me to my player tier segment where we'll talk about Every one of my favorite players in each tier. Uh, usually we do one each, but because I'm by myself, we will give two. Now, we'll start off at the top. Guys over that 12K range, there's three of them, so I'm going to include one which you guys already heard me say. It would be Jokic over Doncic and Antetokounmpo. And now for you know my other one that I guess is over that 8K range, if we see, again, we have to see it, if we see Van Vliet is not under any restrictions, I think him at 8,200 makes a lot of sense. If LeBron's out, I think Westbrook makes a lot of sense. And then I think that if LeBron plays, he would make a lot of sense. So I give I give more than three, but there's a couple caveats in there, which is why I always give a couple extra just in case it doesn't pan out uh, the injuries. We don't we might not have the news. And I could have went with a couple other ones there. There's a lot of good options on this slate. And now we'll slide over to the mid-tier, which is obviously five to seven nine, because I think eight was our cutoff. So now there's a lot of options here that we could look at. Again, we're going to do caveats, and I'm going to go Brandon Williams, but we need to know the news regarding Anthony Simons. If Anthony Simons sits, I think Brandon Williams makes a whole lot of sense at 5,500. Um, and then I'll look at uh, Sangoon if Christian Wood sits. I think a guy that's automatically in play would be Marvin Bagley at 5K, though. So there's a couple of options right there. We already know Isaiah Stewart's rolled out. So there's a couple of guys in that 5K range, I think, that make a lot of sense. Uh, and the 5K range is so loaded that – I think that six to seven K range may be, you know, a little underowned overall. It might make some sense in tournaments, but I'll be hitting that five K range a little bit more uh, than I will be that other one. 
And then four value plays, which we should have a bunch of these that open up because we're waiting on so much news. So we got to keep our eye on it right now. But uh, we got to keep an eye on Devin Booker. I think that's going to be a big one, too, because if he sits, I think a guy like Landry Schmidt would be in play. Not my favorite overall, just because I don't love the matchup. But to be honest, for such a great slate, we don't have a ton of guys that are really under that 5K range that are like locks right now. But I do like Keon Johnson at 4K. If we see Simons is ruled out, I think that he would make a lot of sense. In fact, he might be in play the other way. Because he's pretty much playing, if, if Simon sits, he's playing back up to the one, and he's playing a little bit of the two as well. So he would certainly be worth a look, I think, at the very least. Uh, if we see Vooch is ruled out, we can look at Tristan Thompson. So there you go. There's a couple other plays. But keep your eye on the news. We've talked about some of these guys, um, you know, even uh, Reeves and RJ Hampton, a couple of guys that we could look at, I think, that are that are solid value plays. Oh, and uh, Mitchell Robinson, Taj Gibson, if Mitchell Robinson is ruled out. So there we go. I, I broke my own rule. I didn't give it – I didn't make it so that it, it was kind of like a, you know, two each. I gave it like four each. But why not? 12 games slate. Might as well double it. If it's six games slate, two would make sense. All right. And now we'll slide over to our Thrive Fantasy picks of the night. Uh, I got a lot of options here. And you know what? I'm intrigued by that Jalen Brown six and a half rebounds. I'll take the over at 110. Got a good feeling about Jalen Brown in this matchup. I do like him. Uh, six and a half rebounds. It's a lot to ask. But And then if we see LeBron's out, you can smash that Russell Westbrook. 28 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. There's probably no way in hell he doesn't get there. Um, that's 105. That feels like a crazy line. I'd put a good amount on that, but obviously we want to see LeBron sits to have the confidence in that one. So there's the two Thrive Fantasy picks of the night. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give me a follow, message me, chat with me. Appreciate it, guys. And then give us a thumbs up, five-star rate and review. Wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, our radio, you name it, we're there. Means the world to us. We're at 148 reviews. If we can hit that 150 mark, I would be eternally grateful. I do appreciate it. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Harrison. It'll be myself. I'll get a little bit of company. So you don't have to hear my boring voice all night, uh, all day. You guys aren't listening someday, I'm sure. But as always, take care and let's go take down a tournament.